the book of First Samuel. First Samuel, I want to read from chapter number 30. First Samuel chapter number 30. From number, verse number 1 all the way to 9. First Samuel chapter number 30. And I want to read from verse number 1 all the way to 9. Now it happened when David and his men had came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag attacked uh, the south and Ziglag and attacked and burned it with fire and it came, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great and they did not and they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was bent with fire, and their wives and sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and his people were with one with him, lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. And David Two wives, Ainoham the Jezreelites and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelites had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because their soul, because of the soul of all the people was grieved. And every man for his son and daughter, but David strengthened himself in the, in the Lord his God. David said to Abiata the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the effort here to me. And Abiata brought the effort to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said, He answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail, recover all. So David went. He and 600 men who were with him came to the brook of Bessel where those stayed who were left behind. Amen. Amen. So he went on to pursue them. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about fighting discouragement. Dealing with discouragement. That is why I said the choir was in the spirit when they sang it is well. It is well with my soul. Sometimes in life, the cycle of discouragement comes and attacks us, creeps up upon us. Remember I said the cycle of discouragement because that cycle keeps coming periodically. Amen. Amen. That cycle will come. There will be times that you'll be discouraged. How many have been discouraged before? I mean, you've been discouraged. How many are going through some discouraging things? You are down. You don't feel like, you know, you don't feel like doing what you usually do because things have come. Things have buffeted you, have hit you, you know, on the wrong side of life. And it's made you feel frustrated. It's made you feel discouraged. You know, discouragement brings frustration. Or frustration brings discouragement. That makes us, sometimes we, it makes us backslide even as Christians. It makes us lose our faith in God. It makes us not do what we uh, were supposed to be doing because things 
that we didn't expect happened. And so sometimes we, we begin to question God. Why did you allow Amalek to come after me? You know, David was in the business of doing the kingdom of the kingdom's work. He was actually going to, to, to win, uh, 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 defend Israel. And when he went, he, as he was going, Amalek. You see, Amalek stands for the devil that comes from behind. <laughs> you see, if you look at the, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, and all those things. There was no armor for the back. If you look at all the armor, the head, the, 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 the shield, of the, your, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel, everything was for the front. Your sword of the spirit, everything is for the front. But there was no armor for the back. And the Amalekite spirit or the Amalekite devil is the devil that creeps up on you. It comes unaware. It comes from behind. And it bites you when you don't expect. That Amalek, Amalekite devil always makes, comes to attack you when you least expect. And before you realize, you are discouraged. Are you, are you getting it? So here is the case. These guys have gone and these were not sissies. These are the mighty men of David. These were the guys who entered into the cave of Adullam and they came out as mighty men. These were guys who were warriors. They were fighters. When you talk about the exploits of the mighty men, I mean, one person can kill 3,000. You remember uh, uh, the, the son of Dodo? Yes. From Dodoa. You remember that guy? I mean, this guy has done crazy things. But they never expected the devil of Amalek to come from behind. You are going, you are doing well for God and everything. Hey, did you expect your wife one day to wake up and say, I want a divorce? You are, you are on fire for God. You are doing your best. And you never expected that your, your, your boyfriend, that you, you think that you are about to get married, says that, I don't like you anymore. What do you do when the least expected happens? What do you do when the unexpected hits you? You know, as you are running, somebody just trips you and you go tumbling down. If you don't take care, you won't rise up again. If you don't take care, you'll be so, it's not the falling, but it is the shock of it coming from behind. When you least expected it and it hits you, from, from, from the, the, the place that you least expect. And here the guys, they, 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 the Bible says that they thought of stoning their leader. You see, when you are discouraged, you, you do crazy things. When you are discouraged, you think about the things that you normally wouldn't think about. I mean, this is the guy who has made them into people. Before they went into the cave, they were discouraged. They didn't have jobs. They were in debt. They were running. And then he takes them on. He shapes them up. He makes them into leaders. He makes them to warriors, into fighters. They become very, very solid. And now, something they least expected has happened. And the first thing they think about is stoning the one who has blessed them. Some of us, it's not David that you want to stone. But you want to stone God. If you had the opportunity to stone God, you stone him. 
Because the, the, the thing you least expected has happened. Look at the way I am serving. Look at my sister Shwanda. She has five boyfriends. One buys book, uh, shoes, one buys bags, one takes on him, her on holidays, one buys, pay, pays phone bill and everything. I, I, am, I am keeping myself doing the best I can do for God. Look at me, how I have kept myself. And this one guy that my hopes are in, who has promised me the world. My whole family knows. We have fixed the date. We are only waiting for the day. And just three days before the day, he says that, uh, he doesn't even have the nerve to come to me to say, he sends me a WhatsApp message. Or he writes on Facebook. He says, status complicated or change of status. What mean that change of status? Single and ready to mingle. When did that change? It was a shock. Single and ready to mingle. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? What do you do when the unexpected happens? You just got a mortgage. And then Monday morning you go to the work and the boss calls you in. We are, we are, you know when they call you to the side room at 9 o'clock? And you know you haven't done anything wrong. You know what is coming. Say, so we are thinking of laying people off. General staff retrenchment. Yeah, we are and we are, and then if you are going to general staff, staff retrenchment, I understand, but why me? Before you realize, the whole general staff retrenchment was just about you. And you are the only one they fired. Here you are with, with a new mortgage. No job. No job. You don't know where your next um, payment is going to come from. What do you do when the unexpected happens? You lose courage. You get discouraged. You get discombobulated. How many art students do I have here? No, the science students don't understand. So, the nearest art student, please explain to the science student what I said and what it meant. (laughs) Hallelujah. Fighting discouragement. Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's read. Nehemiah chapter 4, please. Verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says that, but it so happened when Sambala heard that we were rebuilding the wall and that that he was furious and was indignant and mocked the Jews. He spoke before the his brethren. And the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews do? Will they fortify themselves? Would they offer sacrifices? Would they complete it in a day? 
Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that, had, that were burnt. Then Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, even if a fox goes on it, he will break it down and break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as a plunder to the land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we build the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobias, the Arabs, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored, that the gaps were beginning to close, that they became very angry. All of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Hallelujah. Now, now, now. When you are doing something that is not affecting anybody, nobody attacks you. It is only when you start doing something of significance, when you start doing something that is is, uh, noteworthy, that you come under attack. Can I submit to you that being under attack is a sign that you are doing something that is affecting somebody? Can I submit to you that when you are under attack, it means that the market is good. (laughs) Now, let me give you the context of this story before we go on. The the Bible talks about Israel Israel had been carried captive for 70 years. They had gone and left their homeland. And all their buildings, their cities, everything had been left because all of them had been carried captive. And after 70 years, they were released to go back. And when some of them came back after 70 years, if you leave this building unattended for 70 years and you come, you realize that it's unattended. The walls are broken. It is in ruins. Everything looks shambolic and everything. And here is a case that when they came, they found that their home had, homes had been occupied by enemies. And these enemies were not friends of each other. Are you, are you getting it? They are enemies. But as soon as the enemies realized that Israel had come back to the, the, their land, the enemies joined forces. So Sambalat and Tobias were not friends. The Arabians were not friends. The Ashdodites were not friends. These four were enemies. But when they saw that Nehemiah and the people had gathered together and they were trying to rebuild the wall, they were trying to do something for God, they came at them. See, when you're in a nightclub, when you're on drugs, when you're high, when you were, you know, a mess, there was no problem. You didn't have any issues. 
As soon as you decide to serve God, you decide to come to church, then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. The enemies that are not fighting themselves, they gather as one force to come against you. You know, I, I, was, I was wondering why Pharaoh thought it necessary to come against baby Moses. I was wondering why Herod thought it wise to come against baby Jesus. Because he was a baby. Moses was a baby. He was, he was, in fact, his father and mother were scared. They had actually put the boy in a basket on a water somewhere for fear. How can this thing become something? See, as you are walking, you think you are insignificant. But Satan has noticed you. I said, Satan has done what? He has noticed potential. See, one thing you must understand, Satan knows potential. As you are looking at yourself in the basket as a nobody, Satan has seen a giant who is about to to capsize the whole economy of Egypt. As you are seeing yourself and looking at all your weaknesses, what Satan is seeing is the you that you can't see. What the enemy is seeing now is not the, the small you sitting there. It's the you that you can be. Ask your neighbor, do you know the you that you can be? Let me tell you something. Every great person, every uh, big name that you know, once upon a time was like you and I, sitting where you are sitting. So guess what? You are the next greatest person to come. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. I don't think you heard what I said. I said you are the next greatest person to come. You may look, listen, you may look at your life, look at your your trail, and it looks like there's such a mess. Nothing is happening. Nothing can, anything good come out of this land. Nathaniel says that if you say Bethlehem, what good can come from Bethlehem? Such a small place, an insignificant place. You could count the houses that were in Bethlehem. But out of Bethlehem of Zion comes the savior of the world. Out of the mess comes you. I say out of the mess comes you. And you see, you need to hear this message today. You need to, to, to connect with this message today because out of this message, thousands of people are going to be saved. Because your rising is not for your rising alone. It's for the rising of many. Oh, I didn't get a clap. I didn't get anybody to say amen. I am saying that your rising is for the rising of many. Hallelujah. Many are going to rise when you rise. Many are going to sit in their right place. When you sit in your right place, you owe it to many not to be defeated. I say you owe it to many not to. You see, defeat is not when you've been knocked down. That's not defeat. Do you know what defeat is? Defeat is when you, f- you refuse to get up because you've been knocked down. Every victor was once knocked down. Every strong man, once upon a time, was on the ground. But you guess what? They got up again. I said they got up again. 
And when they got up, they didn't feel sorry for themselves. They came back fighting. I said, they got up and came back fighting. Are you going to come back fighting or you are going to stay in the ground? He says, when we, they heard that we were building, the first thing they did was to ridicule us. Let me give you about five, six things that brings discouragement. Hallelujah. Things that bring discouragement. Give them one-on-one, please. A sense of insignificance. You are nobody. Not very important. How many feel like you are not important? Oh, only three. Listen, God specializes in using nobodies. In Galatians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says that he takes the foolish things of this world and he uses them. He takes the base things of this world to confound the, 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 the wise and the strong. God specializes on using insignificant things and insignificant people. So if you are an insignificant person like me today in this place, guess what? You are the right candidate to be used by God. Hallelujah. Because when we are weak, then he is strong. Amen. Amen. Don't don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't don't look at your your victories. Don't look at your, your, your own power. Because your own power will not get you very far. Am I talking to somebody? I say your own power won't get you very far. See, when you look at you and you look at the target or you look at where you're supposed to go, then you feel inferior. How many feel inferior this this afternoon? Because you are looking at where you ought to be instead of where you are. And it's like, can, can I do this? You see, when Moses was asked by God, Go and deliver Israel. I I can't even speak. I can't talk. I am a fugitive. How do I show my face in in, in Egypt? What will Pharaoh do when he sees me? Listen. If it was your own power, you can't do it. That's for, for true. But God is not interested in what you can do. God is interested in what he can do through you. If only you can yield yourself. If only you can avail yourself. You can say that, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. How many are here this afternoon and say, Lord, if you can use anything, use me? If you, if I'm here, use me. And he will use you. I say he will use you. God is not interested in gifts and talents. For if it was gift and talent, none of us will qualify. Because there are more gifted people than us. There are more talented people than us. I keep saying, if, I was, if we were to, supposed to vote secret ballot for the next pastor of this church, I won't vote me. How many will vote me? Ah, you see, you are saying that because you have seen me. But otherwise, you won't vote me. Yeah. I won't vote me. Because I know all my flaws. Hallelujah. But God is not interested in your flaws. God is not interested in your weaknesses. Stop concentrating and making monuments out of your failures. 
Oh, give, give, me a, give me volume so I can say it the way I want to say it. I said, stop making a big monument out of your failures. Some of us, you like building stu- uh, uh, statues of your failure. I failed here, big statue. I failed here, big statue. I failed here, big statue. You are surrounded by statues all over. You are just about to become a mummy yourself. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop making stone images of when you failed. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, discouragement is part of success. Wow. Write it down somewhere. Tweet it somewhere. Discouragement is part of what? Success. Every successful person has been discouraged once upon a time before. It is when you learn how to deal with discouragement that you actually become successful. Hallelujah. Every successful person we've seen in the Bible, we've seen in life, once upon a time had to confront discouragement. And when they confronted it, they fought it the way Nehemiah fought it. They fought it the way David fought it. Are you going to fight discouragement? Are you going to accept it? Some of us, we like victim mentality too much. We like to be the victim. We like to be poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Have you seen those who like, who like to stay in the hospital all the time? Yeah. Even when they are, they, are, they are well, they want to stay in the hospital because they like the attention of people visiting them. We call them hypochondriacs. They, they, they are, they are, oh, they, my, 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 my stomach is better now, but now it's my leg. My leg is okay now, but now it's my head. My head is okay, my now it's... Always trying to find a pain inside your body so that we would come and massage you. Listen, I'd rather be the one who is visiting people in the hospital than somebody who will be visited. Even when I'm on my last leg, I'll get up and go and visit somebody. Because it is better to give than to receive. Hallelujah. Sometimes people think that the pastor is never discouraged. But the pastor is the most discouraged person who is trying to encourage people who are already discouraged. You think you are the only one hurt. The pastor is more hurt than you. But he is a hurt person trying to pacify you, your small hurt. The pastor has cancer, but he's comforting your little headache. Hallelujah. Stop having that sense of insignificance. You are somebody. I said, You are somebody. You are somebody. Touch your neighbor. He's talking to you now. And and say yes, he's talking to me. Hallelujah. I said you are somebody. You may not feel like it. You may not think it. But I'm telling you, you are somebody. And you are going somewhere. It's only a matter of time. I said it's only a matter of time. You are going to become the star that you are. Hallelujah. If you believe what I'm saying, say, hey, yes. Hey. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yes. Hallelujah. Number two. Apparent and fruitfulness with emphasis on the word apparent. When you look at 
your years of unproductivity. You are looking at your years of failure. You are looking at your years of apparent unproductivity. Do you know that the thing that you call unproductivity was working together for your good? You see, when you have failed before, how many wrote an exam and you failed? So you have to repeat the whole class. The whole year. How many? You see, when you repeat the whole year, you assimilate better. Give me volume. Give me volume on this. I said, when you repeat the year, you assimilate better. Are you with me? You, you learn quicker because you are doing revision plus learning at the same time. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? And because you, you know the, the, the monkey of the exam that got to you. So as you are studying, you can already see the monkey inside. So you are not preparing for the monkey. The monkey doesn't catch you unawares. Are, are you getting it? So what you call failure is not actually failure, but it's part of your success story. What you call unfruitfulness is not unfruitfulness. It's part of your fruitfulness. Because now you know how not to do it. You've learned what not to do. That relationship failed. Now you know what not to do. So now you have given yourself a better chance of success. So stand up. Dust yourself out. Put on your makeup again. Straighten your clothes. Get up. Chest out. Put your high heels on. Put your wig back on. Work it. Work it, girl. Work it. Just work it. Work it. Work it, girl. Just work it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Work in it. That's it. Hallelujah. Even if the wig falls, take it back and put it back on. And behave as if it never fell. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the wig back on. Hallelujah. You see, if you are confident in yourself, we'll be confident in you. If you are not confident in yourself, we cannot be confident in you. And see, confidence in you is because of the one who is in you. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because he is in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am not doing it on my own volition. I'm not doing it on my own strength. Because curse is he who believes and relies in the arm of flesh. Because the arm of flesh will fail you. But when you trust, Bible says that some boast in chariots, some boast in horses, but we will boast in the Lord. We will boast in the fact that we have him. And he is the one who is in us. And he is the one who is causing us to do what we do. Am I talking to somebody? So learn to understand that your unfruitful days were not unfruitful days in itself. It's apparent unfruitfulness. The, The key word is apparent. It appears unfruitful, but it's working for you. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and them that are the called according to his purpose. So your 
apparent unfruitfulness is working for you. It's part of the success story. It's part of the story. Hallelujah. Next one. Sustained temptation often wears you down. Hallelujah. Sustained temptation. Sustained temptation. Sustained issues. The issues... You, you know, I always say to people who are depressed, people who are feeling down, I always say that, listen, learn how to separate issues. Because depression is the amalgamation of little, little defeats. It's a good, today the work, today the art students, today, today I've got my teeth in. Today the art students are So the English is coming. Hallelujah. It is a cumulative it's another hey, hey. Hey. It, it, it is just, you know, things pile on top of each other, pile on top of each other, and then it makes the place very, very, very scary and dark. You see, when you're in the middle of a forest, it looks very scary and dark. But when you can isolate all the trees, you see that the trees are not are, are together. This tree is here. This tree is here. From here to here, it's just branches. So deal with this tree. In one isolation, go to that tree. In another isolation, go to that tree. In another, don't, don't, don't fuse them all together and, and try and deal with everything because you will never see the end of it. Yeah. You will never see your way in the maze. You will never ever see. Everything becomes too blurry and too dark and then you give up. It will always overpower you. But when you learn how to separate the issue. You see, a war is made up of different battles. You may lose this battle, but you haven't lost the war. You may lose this battle, but you haven't lost the war. You may lose that battle, but you haven't lost the war. The war is lost or won at the end of the day. Are you with me? So you lost three battles. You won six battles. So the total summation is that you won the war. Are you with me? You lost four battles. You won six battles. You've won the war. You may lose all the battles, but the most important part or battle, you won it. Guess what? You have won the war. Amen. Amen. So don't allow these temptations to wear you out. Wear you down. Make you feel that you are a failure. Make you feel that you, are not, you can never be successful. Make you not want to get up and fight another fight again. But you see, let me say something. As far as you live, every day is a fight. Yeah. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. I say, as far as you are alive, every day is a fight. You can choose to fight or choose to give up before the fight. It's, it's entirely up to you. But I choose to fight. Yeah. See, every successful person has no failure. Because I don't see it as failure. Listen, um, what's the 100-meter guy called again? Usain Bolt has not won all the 100 meters contest no, he's no. ever been in. No, no, no. He, he loses 
some. He fostered some. He's disqualified in some. That's right. But guess what? He is the champion. He is the record holder. Why? Because the important fight, he did not lose. And he kept on going. He kept on racing. He lost this race. See, sometimes what I, what I, what I wonder is that, that I raced one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All these people I raced, and they all beat me. I came last. The next Olympic Games, guess who come? Same people. This time, having trained better. They look leaner. They look really meaner. And I'm going to run with them. What are the chances that I win? These same people. people. I've lost to them five times. But guess what? When you see them at the starting lineup, they are confident. And they are... Because it's it's not about the last race. It's not about the last temptation you failed. It is not about the last failure. It's about now. So Paul says that forgetting the things that are behind and reaching for the things that are in front of me. I press. See, winners are people who press. Always forging ahead. Always pushing. Pushing. Even when they say no, push. Even when they say no, push. You see, I, 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 personally, I don't like people who come to me with stories of why they can't do. I want to hear, oh, these were the hurdles, but we overcame. But when you come to me and say, oh, we can't do it because of this, I'll send you back into the fight again. How many have encountered that with me before? Give me a wave. I'll send you straight back into the fight. Don't don't come and give me stories. Go back. I went, they said, no, go again. I went, they said, no, go again. You keep, one time you hear yes. Yes. I said one time, and one time is only what you need. You need the most important fight to win. That's the one time you need. Hallelujah. So don't allow temptations to wear you down. Next one, quickly. Human weaknesses, major factor. You know, sometimes we have human friends. I said we have human what? They look like they are friends. But guess what? They are part of the opposition. They are part of Satan's cohorts around you. They They are the ones who say, oh, I don't think. You you know, uh, uh, Job. Job's wife says that, curse God and die. Even we who are watching, we are tired of watching you suffer. You, you are not suffering. I'm the one suffering. And you are tired of watching me suffer. So you say I should throw in the towel. His friends gathered around him. And he said, where it's reached, it is true that God has forsaken you. It is very true and very clear that this thing is not going to work. So you know what? It's true that maybe you don't know. But God has really <laughs> left, you. left you this time. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Yeah. Human factors. Jesus was going to the cross. Then Peter says that far be it from you, Lord. 
we will not allow you to go to the cross. This is the one he had just appointed as the rock, his backbone. But he looks at him and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. And he calls him Satan because even though he's a human friend, he's Satan in disguise. See, it's not every voice that you listen. Even from your wife, even from your husband, it's not every voice you listen. You, are, you should be able to decipher the voices that this one that you spoke was God. This one you spoke was Satan. Because this one spoke, you are the Christ. The same voice. Same time. He speaks again. He says that, don't go to the cross. Uh, that, that one was, the spirit of God spoke to, through you. But this one is Satan. Hallelujah. So you see, be careful who you always go to. Talking. For, for encouragement. For talking. For talking. For talking. Know your source. I said know your source. Your source of, of drink. You see, don't drink from everywhere. Don't drink water from everywhere. You know, warriors and fighters and animals like wild animals. They don't drink from every brook they see. They identify one, two, three. And it doesn't matter how far it is, they'll travel and go there, back to it, to drink from it. Because they know that this one is, is safe. But you see, the prey will stop at every well and drink. So in animal kingdom, you have two. The, the predator and the prey. The one who is the eater and the eating. <laughs> Don't be eaten. The eating stops at everywhere. Mm, 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 the eater mm, will find them. Mm. So as you are, drink, you are drinking, the, the crocodile is under waiting for you. Mm, look at some idiot <laughs> who has come. Have you not said the, the, the crocodile goes down? And still. Then you see, before you know the ham, they bring you right into the, down into the, the, the water. But you see the lion, he doesn't stop at every drinking spot. This one is, is, is a, a, a crocodile infested. He doesn't drink from there. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Learn your drinking spots. I said, learn your drinking spots. Yeah, learn the people you ask for advice from. There are some people, their advice is selfish. They want to see you always below them. There are some people who want to always see you struggle. There are some people who are not your friends. They look like your friends, but they are not your friends. You should be smart enough to identify them. I have a lot of acquaintances, but I have few friends. My father taught me that thing, that if you are going somewhere, choose your friends who are going where you are going. Not people. And stop being the, 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 the uh, village champion. <laughs> you know who the village champion is. Amongst all your friends, you are the richest, you are the prettiest, you are the, the strongest, you are the cleverest. You are a village champion. You see, you are going quiet. Village champion. Nobody challenges you. You are insecure. You are that is why you don't have any friend who is above you. Yeah. Have friends who are higher than you. Yeah. Friends who can pull you up. Amen. Yeah. I want to have a friend like said, 
This is collecting awards. Now you show me how to collect the award. Because I should be the next person collecting award. Amen. See, those who do bridesmaid, bridesmaid, one day is their turn. So don't say, hey, hey, me. I won't do bridesmaid. That's why nobody's coming for you. Move on, next one, before I get into trouble. Oh, my time is up. Stand to your feet. Next week, next week we'll continue.